Welcome to the Church of the Redeemers Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. You know, somebody had a rough Christmas. You got to pay for all that stuff that you bought. It's a rough road. Somebody had a rough holiday because somebody that was with them last year was not here this year. The road is rough. How many know that the country is celebrating because we got a new president? We had a rough road for four years. God gives us what we need, but he says that when the road is rough and the going is tough, the hills, because there was one that was put on Calvary's hill. He made the road easy for us all. Thank you, my brother, for that word. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you, God, for being God. Thank you, God, for being the source and strength of everything that we have. We lean and depend on you, God. So now it's to preach word of God. God, we need you. Touch these lips of clay that I may proclaim your truth. Even in the midst of a rough road. Even in the midst of going, the going, God. We, knew that, we know that you give us favor. Thank you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. I greet you with grace and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for that wonderful, wonderful worship thus far, the praise and worship. The Lord has given us, given me a word to share with you today from the book of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to read for your hearing verses 3, 2 through 11. I didn't try to dress it up. I just used what God gave me. Second Corinthians, first chapter, beginning at verse 3. It said, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our tribulations that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the suffering of Christ abound in us, so our constellation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your constellation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolidation and salvation. And I hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the suffering, so shall ye be also of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. 
but we had the, the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doeth deliver in whom we trust, that we will yet deliver us. Yet also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank with me from the thought that's already written. The God of all comfort. The God of all comfort. See, this letter is addressed to the church of God in Corinth, but also to all the saints in Acadia. Paul begins this letter with what is called a doxology, an expression of praise to God. He had learned that praise is as important factor in achieving victory over discouragement, in achieving victory over depression. Praise changed things just as much as prayer changes things. Praise him because he's, he is God. Praise him because he's the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise him because he's the father of mercy. Praise him because he is the God of all comfort. When you find yourself discouraged because of difficult circumstances, it is easy to look at yourself and your feelings or to focus on the problems around you. You see, discouragement is no respect a person. In fact, discouragement seems to attack the successful person far more than the unsuccessful. For the higher we climb, the further down we fall. Hopelessness can lead to a feeling of uselessness. And when you feel useless, you don't want to even live. You feel sometimes, have you ever heard of the story of Job? Job, the main character in the Old Testament book, he lost everything. Like Job, you may scratch your head and whisper quietly enough so no one around you hears your fears. Like Job, you may wonder where God even is. Like Job, you may mumble quietly as Job mumbled in Job 23.8. But if I go to the east, he's not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he's at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. Like Job. Job felt alone. Job felt forgotten. Job felt forsaken by God himself. And if we're honest, we all have felt this way at one time or another. It is in these times when we just want God to show up and remind us that he's still there. When we're trapped with no way out, we want God to just show up and remind us that he's still there. When we're about to go wonder, we want God to just show up and remind us that he's still there. When we're going through the fire, we want God to just show up and remind us that he's still there. When the fear of death grips our heart, 
We just want God to show up and remind us that he still there. Whatever the father did for Jesus when he was ministering on earth, he's able to do it for us today. The Lord will never forsake his people no matter how difficult the days may be or how long the nights. Our God is the God of all comfort. God pressed me to share with you this word. I've been talking to people in our church that have been struggling with guilt. They've been struggling trying to understand why at Christmas, when we anticipate the greatest gift, why would God take my loved one from me? I don't understand, preacher. I can't fathom why God will allow that to take place. And I want them to be encouraged today that God is still the God of all comfort. It is in these times when we reach for him, but like the wind, he escapes our grass. It is in these times when his invisible hand eludes us even while his words continue to urge us to keep walking the path. For he has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. When Paul speaks of God as the God of all comfort, he's speaking of his own personal experiences as well as those of his fellow ministers it is because of Jesus Christ that we can call God Father and even approach him as his children. God sees us in his son and loves us as he loves his son. See, the word all comfort in our text in this particular passage comes from the ancient Greek word parakletos. A paraclete. The word means to come alongside and help. It's similar to the Greek word paraclete that describes the Holy Spirit in John 14, 16. It is strength that comes from God to those facing the pressures of life. That's where we get our extra reserve. That's your energizer bunny battery that God gives you the indwelling of his spirit, the paraclete. We must not think of comfort in terms of sympathy because sympathy can weaken us instead of strengthening us. God puts strength into our hearts so we can face our trials and triumph over them. We can encourage us. He encourages us by his word and through his Holy Spirit. But sometimes he uses other believers to give us the encouragement that we need. See, one great purpose of God in comforting us is to enable us to bring comfort to others. Paul says that God comforts us in what he says, all afflictions. 
See, no matter what affliction we face, no matter how severe our afflictions are, God can comfort us in all of our afflictions. The phrase comforts us in all afflictions, it's in the present continuous tense. That means that God continually comforts us in our afflictions. See, people may comfort us for a certain period of time, but the Lord continues to comfort us until we are strengthened. He continues to give us comfort. Even in the midst of your tears, even in the midst of your sorrows, even in the midst of your struggles, even in the midst of the hill decline, he continues to give you the comfort that you need. See, pride keeps us from revealing our needs to others, so we never receive the comfort God will give us through them. Even spiritual comforts are not given to us alone. In other words, just because you have the gift to sing, that ain't yours by yourself. That's not yours alone. That's a gift that God has given you to share with someone else. Just because you can pray deep, that don't mean that that's your prayer alone. He's giving it to you to give it to somebody else. Just because you can speak healing into somebody's life, it ain't yours to profit by. It's yours to share with somebody that needs it. And just because you have the prophetic gift to prophesy, God says that I allowed you to prophesy. I give you the gift to speak what God says. But they are not given to be shared as instruments of help to help others. That's what they're used for. God permits trials to come knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Sometimes we don't want to be challenged. Sometimes we don't want to be pushed. But that's why God pushes us out. He pushes us out because he knows that we need the confidence to know that everything works together for his good. There are some sufferings that we endure simply because we're human and subject to pain. But there are other sufferings that come because we are God's people and we want to serve him. We must never think that trouble is an accident. For the believer, everything is in a divine appointment. In verse 5 of our text, Paul had a life filled with suffering. Yet Paul knew that all of his sufferings were really the sufferings of Christ. See, the sufferings of Christ are the sufferings which he endured in the days of his flesh, but overflow to us who have to suffer as he suffered. See, sometimes we miss that. Why do I have to suffer if Christ has already suffered? Christ suffered for us, and because he suffered for us, when we suffer, we're suffering with him and in him, and he strengthened us in our suffering. See, the idea that suffering is in us and with us, but we have to suffer as a fellowship in his suffering. That's why Paul says, I have been what? 
crucified with Christ. See, our sufferings are the sufferings of Christ because we suffer as he suffered in the same cause. If his sufferings, as it were, overflow to us, so too is he the source of our comfort in that he sendeth us the comforter. See, Christ suffered. Just like God sent him strength and comfort. Don't you know when you are going through, God has already sent the comforter to comfort you? That's why he's the God of all comfort. That's why Paul is trying to encourage this church in Corinth as well as in Arcadia. Paul is speaking to us today. So what was Paul's secret of victory when he was experiencing pressures and trials? His secret was God. God is our secret weapon. In other words, when we find ourselves discouraged and ready to quit, ready to throw the towel in, we need to get our attention off ourselves and focus it on God. Stop worrying about yourself. You ain't all that, no matter what people tell you. Get your attention off yourself. Focus your attention on God. Here are my points that I see in the text today. The first one, that God is in control of the trial. In verse 8 it says, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of the trouble which came to us in, in uh, uh, Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength insomuch that we departed even of life. See, God is in control of the trial. See, we often face trials in life, and God faithfully bring us through them. The comfort and wisdom that we gain through those victorious situations are to help others that are experiencing the same challenges. See, in times of suffering, most of us are prone to think only of ourselves, and we forget about everybody else. See, the reason for the trial is so that you and I might learn to channel of the blessings of comfort to encourage somebody else. See, you went through it. God was there, but you couldn't see it because you were focused on yourself. But God sent you through it because somebody that you know was getting ready to go through the same thing. So God used you as the source of comfort to strengthen him because he's the God of comfort. But you couldn't see that. It was all about me. Why me? Every year this happened to me. My knee bothered me every year the same time. I don't know why I have to go through this. And God says that stop complaining about yourself because I'm doing it for a reason. See, if we have experienced God's comfort, then we can comfort them which are in trouble. No matter what your trials may be, Paul says, he says, my grace is what? Sufficient for thee. And it's the promise that Paul claimed, and I'm so glad that Paul claimed that promise because we would not have that promise 
if Paul had not suffered. Paul had this thorn in his flesh. Paul couldn't figure out why I got to go through this. But then God gave him the revelation. He said, don't worry about what you're going through. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. In our weakness, grace is made perfect. Therefore, when God puts his children into the furnace of life, he keeps his hand on the thermostat and his eye on the thermometer. God is in control of our trial. Don't think your trial. Sometimes you can induce yourself, but God is in control of the crowd. The second point today, God enables us to bear our trial. Just like he controls it, he enables us to bear it. In verse 9 it says, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves. See, the first thing that God has to show us is how weak we are in ourselves. I, I know you pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You know, that's the thing that we always say. But God has to show you how weak you are, that I did it, not you. So that we learn to trust him, not our gifts, not our abilities, not our experiences, not our spiritual reserves. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We need to learn to trust him. I know you got more education than everybody else, but you're still weak because we are in this flesh. And as long as we're in this flesh, we're dependent on the one who made the flesh. See, when you and I die to self, then God's resurrection power can go to work when we die to ourselves. I'm reminded that how famous Hollywood stars always manage to look young, no matter how old they are. But then the text says that it was when Abraham and Sarah were as good as dead physically that God's resurrection power enabled them to have the promise of son. Stop trying to fix yourself up. No matter how much makeup, no matter how much joy juice, no matter how many vitamins you take, we still are dependent on God because he's the source of all comfort. See, dying to self does not mean idle complacency, doing nothing or expecting God to do everything. But dying to self is a part of being born again. See, Jesus made it clear that if anyone would follow him, he said, they must deny themselves, take up their cross, he said, and follow me. Forget about what you look like. You ain't that cute anyway. You're only cute in your own eyes. Because God loves everybody, so he has no respect to person. So we need to understand that what he's saying, that God enables us to bear the trials of life. Then in verse 10 it says, God delivers us from our trials who delivered us from so great a death. He delivered us from our trials. 
See, Paul saw God's hand of deliverance, whether he looked back, whether he looked around him, or whether he looked ahead of him. See, assurances from God helps us to know that he knows where we are and where he's taking us. Assurances from God helps us not to be afraid, but rather have courage and rest in his presence and power, even when it seems as if he's nowhere to be found. See, God does not always deliver us immediately, nor in the same way. If you don't believe me, remember James was beheaded, yet Peter was delivered from prison. See, both were delivered, but both in different ways. See, sometimes God delivers us from our trials, and at other times, he delivers us in our trials. He delivers us in our trials. See, when we are able to discern how God providentially worked in history as well as in the present, we are able to move along the pathways of life with a purpose and intention that will propel us forward. Even in those moments, even in those days, even in those weeks and months, or even in those years, when we don't seem to see God, feel God, or hear from God, we will know that he is pulling the strings behind the scene. No matter what you think, God is still in control. He's the great puppet master, directing our divine destiny on this stage called life. Knowing this will enable us to make choices according to his will and according to his kingdom agenda, rather than our own self-preservation or whether of our own control. God deliver us in the midst of our trials. Here's the last point. In verse 11, it says, ye also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks be given by many on our behalf. The last point is that God is glorified through the trial. See, when you're going through your trial, it ain't for you anyway. It brings glory to God. And by bringing glory to God, God can use you to help somebody else that's going through. See, Paul reminds us that the Christian life is a conflict so intense that whatever strength we can muster up ourselves is still not enough to survive. See, God provides what we need to fight in life. The highest service you and I can render on earth is to bring glory to God. And sometimes that service involves suffering. The gift bestowed reference to Paul's deliverance from death. See, God works out his purposes in the trials of life. If we yield to him, if we trust in him and obey what he tells us to do. See, difficulties can increase our faith and strengthen our prayer life. See, difficulties can draw us closer to other Christians as they share their burdens with us. See, difficulties can be used to glorify God. 
if we value comfort more than character, then trials will upset us. If we live only for the present and forget the future, then the trials will make us bitter, not better. God is glorified in the trial. I'm done, but I got to tell you a story. Because I want to make sure that you understand when I say God is the source of all comfort. A doctor entered the hospital in a hurry after being called in for an urgent surgery. He answered the call as soon as possible, changed his clothes, and went directly to the surgery room. He found the boy's father pacing in the hall, waiting for the doctor to arrive. On seeing the doctor, the dad yelled, why did you take all this time to come? Don't you know that my son's life is in danger? The doctor smiled and said, sir, I'm sorry. I wasn't in the hospital when I got the call. I came as soon as I heard the call. And now I wish you would just calm down, sir, so I can do the work that's needed. The father said, calm down. What do you mean, calm down? What if, if your son was in this room right now? Would you calm down? If your own son died now, would you calm down? The doctor smiled again and replied, doctors cannot prolong life, but go and intercede for your son. And the doctor said, I will do my best to help him. The surgery took some hours, after which the doctor went out content. The doctor says, thank goodness, your son is saved. And without waiting around for the father to reply, the doctor hurriedly left, running. And if you have any questions, he said, just talk to the nurse. Well, the father said, this doctor was arrogant. The father replied, he could have waited for a few minutes, so I could have got an update of my son's report. The nurse answered with tears in her eyes, coming down her face. She said, his son just died in a car accident. He was attending a burial when we called him to come save your son. And now he had to run out to get back to the burial for his son. See, sometimes we must remember the God of all comfort left what he was doing in order to come down from heaven to save our soul. Don't judge anybody because we never know how their life is and what they are going through. See, life is too short. Sometimes we leave with regret. We have to know that God is the source of all comfort. God has a plan for each and every one of us. All we have to do is lean and depend on him. Take yourself out of the equation. Put God into the equation. Make him the answer. Make him the multiplication. Make him the division. Make him the subtraction. God will do everything in your life. He's the God of all comfort. I wanted to share that with you today. The doors of the church are open. 
There may be somebody on the prayer line, somebody looking via Facebook. This is the last Sunday in this year. The Christ child has already been born. We are just celebrating and thanking God for his gift. But I want to make sure that you understand whatever you're going through right now, God can help you through it. If you don't know Jesus Christ in the pardon of your sins, you can come by letter, you can come by water baptism, you can come on your Christian experience. The Bible says, whosoever will, let them come. Is there one that needs salvation? All I have to do is call the church office, leave your name and your phone number. Tell them that you want to be saved. We will contact you and walk you through the plan of salvation. Is there one? Is there one that needs prayer? Because at the end, we're going to have prayer. But they're going to play a song while the doors are still open. Is there one? We offer Christ to you, my brother. We offer Christ to you, oh my sister. He will give you brand new life, new life abundantly. Oh, come, come on. To Christ Oh come on to Christ Oh we offer Christ to you My brother We offer Christ to you Oh my sister he will give you brand new life, new life abundantly. Oh, come, come on. We are for Christ. That's all we have, and that's always more than enough. We don't know where everybody is as relates to what your dependency is. But before we go into the new year, we want to first of all say thank you for those that have supported the church. The officers want to wish you a Merry Christmas. For those that you celebrate the cultural holiday, Kwanzaa, we say Happy Kwanzaa to you. But we want to make sure that you know that God is still the source of all comfort. So we want to go to the altar and pray. We want to lift you up, those who have lost loved ones, those who are financially distraught, those who don't have jobs, those that don't know where their next meal is going to come from. But we want to know that, let you know that God is the source of all comfort. So let us pray. Father, once again, we come to this altar, God. We come pleading the blood of Jesus, God. We come depending upon you, depending on you 
because we know that your word won't return to your void. God, you already knows the cries of your people. We know you know every hair on our head, God. You say, if thy people that are called by thy name shall humble themselves and pray and seek thy face and turn from their wicked ways, you say, then and only then we will hear from heaven and you will heal our land. God, we stand in the need of a breakthrough. We thank you for your awesome power. We thank you for your anointing power, God. We thank you for being lifted up from the earth, God. Because when you got lifted up, you said you would draw all men unto thee. So God, right now we want to draw those that are outside the ark of safety. We want to draw those, God, that are struggling, God, with the loss of a loved one. We want to draw in those, God, that need some dependency financially, God. They need their bills paid. We want to draw those, God, that are in the hospitals, God. We want to draw those, God, that are going through this pandemic, God. God, we know that you are the source of everything that we do, God. For you the God of all comfort, God. Thank you for your comfort. Thank you for the suffering, God. Because we have fellowship and relationship with you because of that, God. So do what you do best here at this great church of Redeemer, God. We praise you, God. We're not here for form of fashion. We're here to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. You said we have not because we ask not. Now we're asking and depending upon you. Holy Spirit, have your place in this place. We love you, Jesus. Strengthen our seniors. They don't have the luxury, God, to be able to tune in with us on Sundays and Wednesdays. But I pray, God, that you would send somebody by their way, that they would share with them about the love of Jesus Christ. Bless us and keep us safe as we anticipate great victory as we go through this year. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen. Now to him that is able to keep you from falling, to present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Father, both majesty and glory, dominion and power, henceforth and forevermore. Go in peace, my brothers and sisters. We love you. Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year.